Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alana. Hey, Sam. I'm a New Yorker. It's official. Wow. Have you had a lot of bagels? I've had a lot of bagels. People have like walked by me and like smashed into my shoulder on the sidewalk and everything. It's just, it's been great. Have you seen the Um, rats? The rats? (laughs) Yeah. Have you taken the subway? Oh yeah. I've taken the subway. Okay. The subway is so much better than I thought. And Um, DC has a subway system. Like this is not your first go round on underground transportation. Yeah, well, it's just, I don't know, in D.C., the metro seems even more confusing. I feel like it makes so much more sense here. Yeah, the New York subway system makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm slowly but surely learning it, which is good. But yeah, I mean, things are good. You're going out on dates, you're meeting people, your room is cute. I actually need to get my routine back on schedule because I'm struggling how do you feel like you're handling the big change? You just said something super interesting that like your routine is suffering, which makes so much sense, you know? So do you think that's the only thing that's like been a huge stressor just that you don't have a routine? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things I need to kind of set up. Anyone else feels this way, but you know, the first grocery store trip you have to do when you first move into a place where you have to like get all the um, main things. Literally everything. Yeah, like all the condiments, like all the things that you don't always have to get at the grocery store. You have to get everything at the grocery store. So I've been avoiding that. So that's been kind of stressful. Don't make me feel bad about it. (laughs) So funny. For me, going to the grocery store is probably one of the first things I would have done. But for other people, it's not one of the first things they would have done. I know. I think one of the first things that I did was I scoped out the gyms. I found the coffee shops that I absolutely am going to go to a lot. That was one of the first things. Yeah. Yeah. I found a really good one that I really like. So yeah, I really like the area. It's super easy to get into Manhattan. I'm overall just, I mean, I'm happy. I'm really excited. But what were you asking me? You were asking me about my routine. So yeah, I definitely would have to make this transition smoother. I definitely would have gone to the grocery store right away because that's just easy to put off. Is your grocery store close? It's so close. Everything's so close. And you're right down the block from two of your best friends. So that's super exciting. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a perfect location. But yeah, I'm excited to get back into content and kind of that creative space that I know I was telling you about. I feel like I haven't really been in that creative space for a while, just kind of living, you know, where I was living at home and focused on some things that weren't as, you know, exciting, I guess, or helpful for me to tap into that flow state. You said this when we were chatting before we started recording, like you have been in a bit of survival mode just in your personal life with everything that's been going on over the past few months. And it's, I think it's really hard to take you especially struggle with this, taking time for yourself when you feel so much responsibility for the people around you and also like juggling the serious nature of what you were dealing with with family issues and then having to like kind of switch back to being creative with your business. I don't know how possible that is. Like I think that's really, really hard for a lot of people. Me, I don't know if I could do that so quickly, you know? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It was a lot of switching into different modes of mm-hmm. serious and then 
trying to tap into work, but also feeling like it wasn't, you know, I wasn't in that mindset by the end of the day. So yeah, I'm just excited. I think that this is going to help me do that a lot. So I'm excited. I'm actually, I'll be sharing more about this, but if you guys have been around for a while, you remember when I launched the super mini ADHD course, which I'm going to be relaunching, which is going to be a mini self-paced course to teach you everything you need to know to start managing your ADHD. And so I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned for that. As an ADHD coach, I think one of the most important things that we can do, of course, is learning how to work with our brain. And one of the most important ways of doing that, I think, is knowing what the different types of learning styles there are and how our brains prefer to learn information. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to hear about maybe what your learning style is, what mine is, and share how we can kind of work with that more. I don't know if there's a word for it. I have school insecurity. I really struggled in school, not with the content Like I took a lot of AP courses, you know, it's not that I felt dumb. It's just, I felt like the format in which school is set up, which is heavy on the testing, multiple choice, fill in the blank, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a very good memorizer unless it's two rap songs and then I can memorize them. But I'm not (laughs) a very good. That's how I am with like musicals. Yeah. I can remember very irreverent lyrics, but I could not remember the stuff I was supposed to remember. And I went to a very, very rigorous high school. Like it was intense. And then I went to a super, super intense college. Uh, the reason I chose my major, which everyone always asks, because I had kind of an odd major, was um, because it was the only major I could find where I never had to take a test. I only had what to was write. Your, I was what was your major? Studies in Middle Eastern studies. So That's right. I thought, you know, maybe that could be a parlay into international politics, which, you know, and that made a lot of sense at the time, but, you know, that's just not the way that life worked out. But, you know, I was writing a lot of papers and editing and TA and courses like that. And it was super intellectual and I loved that and I felt really good at it, but I felt really stupid for a majority of my academic career. And I know that like learning styles isn't totally about school, but I feel like it is a good place to start. Definitely. And it definitely lays the foundation of how we view our ourselves and how we interact with our ability to learn things. I am never going to be the type of person who can accurately describe what I've learned through a Scantron test, through a timed Scantron test. Is that a joke? The SAT? Oh my God. I can't tell you how many PSATs, SATs, ACTs I took. And thank God I got, I think just by luck. I got a very good ACT score, but seriously, I think I took those tests five times. They were so hard. They're so hard. And also for me too, when I think back, a lot of it was, you know, the stress of being in the environment around a lot of people was also really hard. So it's interesting too. Like I would, I didn't realize that you struggled with that too. I know that we both are are very different learners, but I've always felt like you were so good at that, but maybe that's just because you went to William and Mary. Like, I feel like not a lot of people know what William and Mary is, but like, it's a very difficult. I feel like everybody knows what William and Mary is. It's super regional. In the South, no one knows what William and Mary is. I felt like I was surrounded by the world's smartest people because I was, and I felt all the time 
that there must be something wrong with me because I got into the school, but I cannot stay here. Look, I definitely could have gotten ADHD testing and I could have gotten extra time and all of this stuff, but they make it so hard to do that, you know? It is hard. And I think also that's exactly what I kind of wanted to talk about today is how do we even know what the different types of learning styles there are, you know? And and kind of how can we start doing that type of reflection so that we know what types of accommodations might be helpful. So to explore a couple of the main different types of learning styles, the first one, I think one of the most common is visual learners. So these are learners who benefit from reading charts or maybe seeing charts, written examples. You can't like verbally process things. You have to see it written or explained out in front of you. Exactly. And I also think of a lot of times for young kids, like we'll have visual schedules. So, you know, when it comes, you know, getting ready in the evening for like a nighttime routine, there's sometimes different visual schedules of like a picture of a kid brushing their teeth and then, you know, washing their face. And then it's helpful to go ahead. Oh God, I just cut you off. I'm sorry. How come it's so okay for kids to be visual learners, but when you turn into an adult, it's like I'm supposed to know everything in my brain already? That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. This is why I always say it's really helpful to look at what different ADHD strategies are for kids because it's the same thing. We just do it, adult versions of it, you know? That's a really good tip because I do feel like sometimes when you get into ADHD in adults, it gets a little, it gets a little confusing. And we I know. Just, age it up a bit, but it's still the same concept. It's the exact same concepts. And also it's helpful, you know, for, like I was saying, other people might also benefit from like color coding and seeing, like watching videos of different visual explanations. The next main one we have is of course, auditory learners. So those are learners who would benefit from hearing things out loud, listening to audio books, having people explain it in different ways. I know for me, in order for me to actually grasp the information I'm trying to learn, I need to hear it multiple times. So I'm an auditory learner, but it has to be like repetitive auditory learning. I think that probably happens with a lot of people. I also really like learning things in conversation with people. So that could be Mm -hmm. it too, you know? I think, yeah, just being, reading about it and then learning it, that's impossible for me. And actually that's another one, which is like social learning, which is learning from experience, learning with conversations from examples, all that stuff. No way. You know what? You know, um, language, like learning languages is probably heavily based on social learning, like in conversation and stuff like that. Totally. I remember back in, you know, any type of language class, you know, Spanish or I took like Spanish and I took sign language too. And for me, sign language was so much easier to grasp than any of the other languages because I was like physically moving my hands, which brings us to kinesthetic learning, which is retaining information based on doing hands-on type activities. You know what I mean? Who does a lot of kinesthetic learning is architects. Especially in my parents' year, like age when technology wasn't as big or wasn't there at all. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the way they did scale and stuff like that was definitely like very hands-on. I think that's so cool. I mean, is that all of the learning styles? So we had visual, we had auditory, we had social, kinesthetic, and then solitary learners, which is just benefiting from working alone and being able to kind of do that type of learning in in a isolated environment. 
all of my friends in med school are like that. <laughs> they need to be alone with their flashcards, just memorizing a bunch of stuff. I think that's kind of how, actually, I guess it really does depend on the type of thing. Here's the thing, and this is what I was going to say, but I wanted to wait. I was going to say this in the beginning, but I wanted to wait until we all understood the various types of learning, or at least the fact that there were so many. In an ideal world, our education would include a healthy mix of all of them. You know, Mm -hmm. I do feel sometimes that education, at least in like lower level, so not college, is more focused on moving us through the system than it is focused on helping us understand everything. So it would take a lot of effort and some really, really wonderful teachers to combine all of that. And don't get me wrong, I think all teachers are wonderful. I do think that there are some teachers that are better than others. And I had a handful of not so great teachers in high school. And so I feel like if more attention was paid to the unique ways of learning, maybe I would have had a lot more confidence in my ability. And I think about when I'm having trouble grasping a concept and what, what what do I do to move through that? I pretty much go through a bunch of these other ways, right? So I'll, I'll Google, you know, videos for understanding blank, or I'll Google what are examples of blank. And I can either watch someone explain it in a bunch of different ways on YouTube. I can watch someone make a chart talking about it. I can click Google images and look at different graphics for it. I can listen to a podcast and do something else and walk around while I'm learning. Like that's how I do a lot of my um, type of like business growth courses. Like I just listen to them while I'm walking. I swear when I'm moving my legs, like when I'm walking, I can grasp information so much more than when I'm sitting down, which goes into the kinesthetic learning. So it's just so interesting. That- I feel like with the walking thing, my body and my brain is much more receptive to hearing and understanding new information than when I'm sitting down in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. This is why I do feel bad for, you know, kind of like my younger self, because I would think about how I would just be sitting in class. Like the teachers would be explaining concepts to me and I'd just be sitting there not moving, like staring at a wall, which for me is just so painful. You're so bored too. So bored. And and then I would be so frustrated because I would study and I would study so much. And then the test would come and I would not do well at all. And Mm -hmm. all that was saying is that the way that I was learning that information wasn't correct. And so I think about the other people who did do really well based on like hearing the lecture at like one time, you know, those students that they would just hear the topic and then all of a sudden they could do the quiz and they would always get a perfect grade. And yeah. I'm sure we have plenty of ADHDers who are like that. Like, that's amazing for you. I'm so jealous, but I would always think I'm like, now I just get it. Those people were just auditory. They were able to process it by listening yeah. and I yeah. wasn't. And you know, It's funny because I feel like there's this misconception sometimes, like if you have ADHD, that means you struggle in school. And you're so right. That's not necessarily the case. I just think it takes a little bit more time to figure out what works better for you. But there are a lot of ADHD people who excel in that type of learning environment, who do really, really well on testing for all of the reasons that you and I don't do well on testing, you know? Absolutely. I also think of now too, a lot of the stuff I'm learning for, you know, different things for my coaching sessions. It's I'm learning it on my own, right? Like I'm not really in a group setting. And I feel like that is also the 
problem solving aspect of my mind. Like I'm always able to kind of figure out the next problem, which is why a lot of ADHDers do well in like entrepreneurial environments because there's always a problem to be figured out, you know? That's so interesting. I didn't know that. And now when you say it, that makes a lot of sense. You have the kind of the freedom to, you're, you're putting out a lot of different fires at once. And so yeah. in like, in some ways that can be difficult, but then if it's something that we are connected to, we are interested in, it is so much easier to just always dive into these kind of rabbit holes and figure out the next issue. And now that I'm thinking about it, like if we have any new listeners, hi, Alana does like a lot of different things with ADHD. She's a coach. She has courses. We do this podcast. She does a lot of social media content. Now that I'm thinking about the way that you run your business, it is all connected under a central theme that you are super passionate about and very knowledgeable about, but it is so many irons in the fire all at once, all the time. And I feel like you really excel in that type of environment. It's kind of hard to find the balance too, because we talk about transitions and how difficult it is. A lot of it is transitions going from one type of thing to another. So it does take a lot of planning and kind of like being able to lean into when I am feeling energized to use that to my advantage. But when I really think about it, the secret is really being open to exploring just other ways of learning. And so if there's any type of thing that we're trying to do that we feel like just isn't clicking, isn't working, that's not a reflection on us, our brain or anything. There's just a better way. We just kind of have to explore and figure out what that is. You know what I mean? And the likelihood if you're feeling it is very high that someone else is feeling it too. So you're so right. There are so many resources on the internet, podcasts to learn blank videos to talk about. Like I really struggle with money management. That's not really a skill that I learned in school. It wasn't really a skill I learned from my parents. And now I'm finding that I am not intelligent when it comes to managing, budgeting and saving money and stuff. So listening to podcasts about that has been really helpful. I got a workbook to help and all of it does seem pretty young. You know, I'm like, I feel like I should have learned this a long time ago. All these workbooks feel really like silly, but it's helping, you know, and no one needs to know about it. It's just for me. So exactly. I'm learning the same exact stuff actually from Tori Dunlap. Tori Dunlap wrote financial feminist and all of her socials is her first hundred K and she has podcasts. She has worksheets, little trainings. I love it. She speaks directly to me. It's so good. So my whole point with that is if we're struggling to figure something out to learn something, there's probably someone teaching it who's doing it in a way that speaks to us. I think you should start with a podcast because on podcasts, they always give a lot of recommendations for books that they've read about this topic or other creators that are talking about this topic. Like I feel like the podcast community, and we might be a bit biased towards this, but I do feel like the podcast community is so much about sharing resources and overlapping, you know, different um, communities and stuff. So I think it's always good to just search that topic in podcasts and see what pops up. Totally. Even within the ADHD podcast, there's some that are a lot longer. There's ours that are a little bit shorter. There's some that are more basic and there's some that go more in depth on specific topics. Like think about the environments where you felt like worked well for you in the past and start there. I think that's a really good place to start. And lastly, there are so many quizzes online too that you can take to just find out what your learning style is. And so that's another great option. Genius. Genius. (laughs) What's your week look like, Sam? 
Um, well, I'm in California and I head home tomorrow. There's just a lot of what you have to do, which is getting back into a routine, going to the grocery store, stuff like that. Um, Austin is still super, super hot, so I'm not looking forward to going back. But um, I haven't been in the office in two weeks, so I'll have to do that. Probably just a lot of like being getting back. quiet, you know, and not going out and not spending money type of thing, which is never fun, but... Sometimes yeah. you need it. No, I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes we do need a little bit of a more quieter vibe. That's kind of what I'm going for this week. So I don't know if I'm going to achieve that, though. You don't know if I'm going to achieve a quiet week? Yeah, I think that you're going to have a really fun week full of new friends and new foods and going out and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm okay with a little bit of it, but I did a lot of that this week. So this this might need to be a little bit more of a chill week stay tuned i will keep you guys updated on the mini adhd course and we will talk to you all next week have an amazing week everyone have a good one bye guys bye as always thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode you can find me on instagram at coaching by alana and you can find the podcast on instagram at absolutely.adhd Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. As always, thank you so much for the support and we will talk to you next week.